0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever the case may be, wherever you happen to be at this lovely hour. Uh, By me here in Los Angeles, it's 9 a.m. If you're back east, it's noon. So uh, anyway, hope you're having a good morning. hope you've had a good morning. I hope you are braving all the craziness with this uh, COVID-19. If you've gone to the market, I think you know what I mean. Empty shelves, people panicking. Uh, Quite frankly, I am not. You know, it's one of those things. I think the panic is actually worse than the actual disease. You know, they're coming out with a lot of uh, information about, how, for the vast majority, the vast majority, unless you are in the old like age 70 or 80 plus or have some underlying condition, this is just like the flu. People are just, I don't know, it's just, they're acting crazy. And then, of course, I'm getting all the questions about the dogs and can dogs get it? Unfortunately, in Hong Kong, there was a dog that tested weak positive and everybody was up in arms. Oh my God, now my dogs can get it too. No, they can't. Uh, it is very species specific. It is a virus that uh, mutated. Some say bats, some say chicken. It's, apparently, it's very similar to the chicken coronavirus, so maybe they thought that's where it mutated from. Others, you know, the bats, um, a bat is a mammal, so it could have been from there. The, the bottom line is we just don't know, but it's there. So the dogs can act as what we call a vector or fomite. If the dog licks somebody's hand and it's in their mouth and they lick you, then it is possible that they can transmit. A uh, fomite fomite is where the virus particle land on an object, and then you touch that object. The, the classic one in this case is the doorknob. That's why they have you wipe down the door, wipe down your steering wheel, you know, just all anything you touch. If you're in the store, the freezer section, the refrigerator section, they're wiping down the handles. So those are fomites. And a dog, if somebody who is infected happens to cough or sneeze and the virus particles end up on their dog's fur, and then that dog goes to doggy daycare. I mean, this is how remote it is. I'm just explaining. And then dog that dog goes to doggy daycare and places another dog comes home. Having picked up the various particles from another dog, pet or hug your dog, and then you put your hands in your mouth. I mean, look at the very remote possibility. I'm not a statistician, but I can guarantee you it's one in a zillion Then that could happen. So I'm not going to tell you not to worry, but I'm going to tell you not to worry. You know any, anything is possible. You know you learn, especially in medicine. Years ago, you don't say anything that "Oh my God, that's impossible." You, you're going to get burned, as I have been in the past. So there's, there's always a possibility. Anyway, here live with me, Dr. Jeff Werber, here for the next thirty minutes on Pet Life Radio. Here for you, here for your pets, here to answer your questions. Any questions? If you have questions about the COVID nineteen, you can throw them at me, and uh, or, or anything else for that matter, for that fact, and. Let me give you a couple of ways to reach us. First of all, the good old-fashioned telephone, 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. We're here live, um, and we are now broadcasting on Zoom. Uh, Again, we used to do Google Hangouts, which is no longer. Zoom is working great. So how to join us on Zoom? Very easy. Go on to the website. You log on for PetLifeRadio.com. You scroll down to shows, and you'll see Dr. Jeff. And you'll see Ask the best with Dr. Jeff. You click on that, and there is going to be a link there for you. And just click on that link. It'll ask you, do you want to join Zoom US? You're going to say yes. And you can actually join us live here on Zoom. Interestingly, just talk to a friend of mine's daughter who is doing an executive MBA program at USC. And because the schools are shut down, she has a class. And on Zoom, 80 people on Zoom. And it's really cool. And when you talk, it lights up and you can mute yourself. The organizer can actually mute anybody who they want to mute. So if you're in a classroom setting and someone's just talking way really too much, you just have to mute them. Really cool. That's a mark. You join us here. First of all, um, we'd really like to hear from you and join us for any suggestions you might have about anything you want to talk about. I mean, I think of topics I, that I've done. I, I, there's one that I want to talk about because it showed up here on the AVMA Smart Brief. I really like to follow and educate everybody about things that are going on. So, uh, but if you have something that is not included, something you're you're um, exhibiting right now or, or experiencing, excuse with with one of your pets, now is the time to talk to me. You get free advice. You'll free, get free guidance, and it's great. I just took a call. This is you know funny. Talk about free advice and free guidance on um, my air vet, my telemedicine platform. And it was a, a woman in uh, Angels Camp, in Northern California, by the by the Sierras, and. I'm figuring, okay, the dog, it was Teacup. So now when you hear the name Teacup, what do you think? And you're thinking a cute little poodle or a cute little Yorkie or Morkie, something like that. So, so as I, I connect with her, and it's all on, on video chat, she's sitting there holding her four week old goat. And uh goat name is Teacup. And she's nursing it you know, with a, a, a formula bottle. Now, mind you, I know a little something about goats. I, You know, you learn them about in vet school. They're pretty easy, actually. They, they, they forage and everything, already eating grass. But it was just so funny because I haven't, the last time, I had an experience. This is a really cool uh, story, actually. So I'm at when my kids were young. Now, given the fact that now they're 36, 34, and 28, young is a long time ago. So I think my oldest at the time was 10. So, So we're talking, you know, 28 years ago. I mean, 26 years ago, a long time ago. So anyway, I am at a kid's carnival and there was a petting zoo. That's cute, right? So um I am looking at this all sorts of little animals and the kids are in the the petting zoo pen. And I'm looking at one goat and she is bearing down. She is having a tough time. Her belly is huge. And I say to the kid who's who collects the animals in the morning and brings them in that, you know, I I think this is a problem. You you really should put her, set her aside and keep an eye on her. Um, Where'd you get her? Well, In the morning, he goes to the local farms and picks up some of these animals that people don't mind if they borrow for the day for the petting zoo. So I don't know, maybe a half hour later, I go check on this goat and she is clearly in distress. So then all of a sudden you see the placenta coming out and she is pushing and pushing. And I'm saying she's got some problems. So here I am. This is like early March. And I take my jacket off. I go into the back of the truck with, you know, covered in hay. I don't have the, the, the gloves, you know. The, I I wasn't prepared for this, so I roll up my sleeve. <laughs> I go up there, and sure enough, I feel the legs of a a kid that is in breach. And I work and I work and I I finally pull this little thing out. And oh my god, it was the cutest thing. And meanwhile, all the kids to heck with the petting zoo. They were lo- watching a real live birth, which is not something they would have expected to see. So anyway. And, you know, this little thing, they get up pretty quickly and they're very clumsily walking around and, and, and start to nurse. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, mama starts bearing down again. Oh my God. Kids, twins. She had twin kid goats, um, two of them born right there at the, at the petting zoo. It was really, really cool. So, um, uh, that's about, I think, what I say, 26 years ago, that was my last experience with a goat. So, um, I get a call this morning. It was, uh, it kind of brings back all the old memories. Anyway, some things in the news, ABMA Smart Brief, AHA News Stat. We like to share it with you. So first of all, again, back to COVID. Eh, there's COVID-19 all over the place. This is, this has replaced the problems with raw diets. So I already have a solution to raw diet. You'll hear about it soon. March 23rd, we're shipping out our first batch of food and it is raw, but it's uh, a lot of great twists to it. So we'll let you know. Anyway, no need to test your dogs for COVID-19. There's no evidence that it can spread the virus, practice good hygiene. And uh, if your dog is sick, then you want to see your vet. There's a possibility that it is something, but most likely not COVID-19. Anyway, just keep an eye on it. Now, um, what we're going to talk about, it was a story about uh, people hear about plastic surgery for pets and they start laughing. I'm saving that one because I wanted to talk about that uh, for the last part of the show. So this is interesting. We're, you know, on this whole thing with farm animals, large animals, it's something that I, have, you know, the last, well, I actually, I did neuter a little pot pig not too long ago. So I wouldn't say it's that strange for me, but uh, pigs, all right, who ate a pedometer, they put a pedometer on them to prove to the agencies, especially the peters out there, that these kids, pigs are getting plenty of exercise and walking around. Anyway, started a fire. How the heck? Because eating a pedometer started a fire. So here's what happened. So the pigs at the farm, in the this happened in the United Kingdom, they ate a pedometer. And based in, in the pedometer was batteries, and the copper from the batteries somehow reacted with the animal's waste inside the bowels. So when they eliminated, that waste ignited. And of course, they eliminate on grass or whatever, on hay, and it started a fire. So you talk about, these pigs were hot poop, if you know what I mean. But that's that's pretty interesting. Next, uh, back to the um, the uh, the whole thing about the um, COVID nineteen. If you are planning, for whatever reason, to self quarantine, all right, um, just make sure that you plan for your pets as well. Because you're if you are going to pre buy or have somebody go out or go to Amazon or whatever it is, and and pack up your needs, don't forget your pets. Make sure that if they're on meds that they have a two week supply of meds, two week supply of food, any other supplies you may need. Don't forget that they need to be quarantined as well. Um, now, you hear often about the cone of shame. the the We call it the, well, the technical name is the Elizabethan collar, and it is, uh, well, I usually call it the lampshade collar or the cone of shame. I'm sure you saw that cartoon out there where a dog is, uh, a guy is wearing his dog's cone of shame, and the caption is, says, you remember, this? remember, you cannot touch your face. So, uh this, people hate them. The dogs clearly hate them. Sometimes it's difficult for them to eat. They walk around the house. They knock down the furniture. They, they, they you know, all the expensive trinkets on the coffee table are now gone or broken. So um, what are some alternatives? So there's a long list Um one of the, this came from one of the vet schools. And uh, I'll just throw them at you. What are the alternatives? Well, inflatable collars. They're like inner tubes that they wear around their neck. They're much uh, softer. They're more pliable. And they can still eat. They can't get around. It's almost like someone's in a car accident. You see them wearing that thing around their neck because it it stops them from turning their head. Same thing with these inflatable collars. So that they work actually pretty well. Neck restraints, they have other things. They do have collars that look just like the things that people wear. They're they're harder. They have little bars in them to prevent they they're different sizes depending on how long the neck is. Um, If you have a giraffe you're in trouble. And um and they prevent the dog from being able to turn around. So those are helpful as well. Visors, basket muzzles. I would be cautious. I don't like that idea, but do not, do not, absolutely do not put a regular muzzle on a dog. It's got to be a basket muzzle because with a basket muzzle, they're wider. They have like a. It's either they're leather or or like a metallic. like grids. They you can. They can still breathe easily. They can pant. They can drink water with them. But they're really meant for dogs that that you have to wear a muzzle long term. Uh, Maybe they're aggressive that you can't bite with them. So basketballs are okay. Socks or booties, if it's the feet they're going after, cover the feet. That's a no-brainer. Body wraps. Again, if it's the body, it's an allergy, and they're chewing themselves raw, put a body wrap. Or take an old piece of clothing, and uh, like an old T-shirt, and wrap it around. That could help. Of course, medication, anti-allergy medication, anti-itch medication. In other words, try to treat the source of why they're going after themselves. Pain meds, if it's a, a pain issue and topical anesthetics, and of course sedatives if they're going crazy. So these are all the things that one can do. Check with your veterinarian. Of course, getting to the source. Now, if it's because of an incision and, and dogs naturally have a tendency to want to lick their incision, maybe wear out the sutures, then you need some uh, restraint. Then think about the neck restraint, the blow-up collar, or go back to the good old-fashioned Elizabethan collar, the cone of shame. How do dogs show affection? This I thought was pretty cool. Well, A number of ways. First of all, they can, they guard. If they stand by you and they, and they just sit there and watch, that's a sign of affection. Herding. If you have, I used to have corgis and trust me, they are natural herders. Border collies, Australian shepherds, sheepdogs are natural herders and they will try to push every, everyone along. So if they try to herd you, that's a sign of affection. Gazing. Kind of that look in your eyes. They just sit and stare at you. That also is a sign of affection. If they share their toys with you, they come over to you. They're chewing on something. You're sitting there watching your favorite game or something TV, and they plop the, that sal- the dog full of the toy or the ball, full of their saliva onto your lap. Don't get it mad; they love you. So that's just another and cuddling. They love to cuddle. So when pets will you know, like you're in bed, my dogs are such cuddlers, and I have four of them. You know, right now, and that's to go with my five cats. Four of those five are also cuddlers. I know they love me. But then that, that's also a sign of affection. And, of course, tail wagging. When they're happy to see you, that is really cool. Now, this was very, very sad, The story. More than sad, it angers me. And I hope it angers you as well. So there are a white giraffe, very rare. There was a herd of three. There was um, mama and two of her calves. They were in a reserve in Kenya. And now they're down to one. Poachers killed the mom and one of the calves. I mean, this is unbelievable to me, and um, it's just actually disgusting. They're killing them for their tails, for their meat. Really, you have such a rare animal, and people just don't care. Boy, I should I, I shouldn't say it publicly, but I wonder can can we get higher poachers to shoot the poachers? That might be a better target. But uh, yeah, it's very very uh, annoying to me. And um, another story I wanted to give. I'm trying to get. I have a classmate who obviously a veterinarian, who's also a big-time horse trainer. And uh, he's trained some horses that ran, you know, all in the Preakness, the Derby, the Belmont. And um, uh, he and I have spoken about this, and I want to have him on as a guest. I tried to get him last night, couldn't reach him. Maybe I can try to get him next week. But it's all about what was going on in Santa Anita. I'm sure it's bothered many of us. I'm not into, you know, horse racing, but obviously it's, it's a huge sport. And um, uh, these horses that are racing love to run. And uh, its it was very disheartening, very upsetting to hear of all the deaths. So um, anyway, it's happened. So I'm trying to get his, uh, Dr. Mike Tomlinson, as I said, my classmate, see if I can get him on the show and let's talk about this. Because his theories that I heard about months ago and then reading this article, if you may, smart brief, tells me that it was pretty right on. So uh, I wanna share it with you so you know what's going on. Anyway, don't go away, we right back after these short messages. We're gonna talk about plastic surgery for pets. No plan.
1: I have two dogs, Sam and Bailey. Both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching, his paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing Vite.com.
0: Let's talk pets.
1: Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio.
0: Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio.com. <laughs> And you're back, you're back, here live on Pet Life Radio with Ask the Pets with Dr. Jeff. I'm Dr. Jeff Werber, here for you, here for your pets. So, you know, I often have talked about this before and uh, doing a segments on programs because people get a kick out of this, you know, and again, coming from Los Angeles, California, Beverly Hills, Culver City, Hollywood, and, oh, you know, it's the glitz capital of the world. And, um, you know, so the subject comes up about plastic, they plastic surgery, because one of the things I do a lot of is plastic surgery. And they start laughing. Oh yeah, of course you can do plastic surgery. I mean, you're you're in Los Angeles, California. I said, no, 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 no. It's not so fast. It's not what you think. So yes, we want our pets to look good. We don't do it by plastic surgery. So when it comes to plastic surgery, let's you know, let's talk about the many women. And I figured it was Kelly Ripper. Somebody recently did a little blurb that that um, she's you know in all this craziness, COVID nineteen, and all that that she certainly hopes that there's some Botox left. And you know, look at her wife. She goes because I've used it all. So. Dogs, let's put this, there's always this argument between form and function. Now, form and function in, I would say, and again, I'm not supposed to generalize. So even though I am, you're not hearing it as generalizing. Just make believe it's, it's not generalizing. But many women that go on for plastic surgery are doing it for form. So much so that some, and I'm sure you've seen them out and about, are willing to sacrifice function to achieve form. In other words, they make their skin so tight, they can't smile. They can barely open their mouths. They can't breathe, but they look good. So, well, (laughs) they think they look good. So anyway, it's almost like a disease. I'm sure you've watched the show bots. You see what people do. And I'm sure you're sitting there and going, you're incredulous. I can't believe they did that or they want to do that. So that is form. And that's very important for many to achieve a certain form. It's a certain look, help with the aging process, whatever the case may be. Now. Then there's function. Function is you already have that person or that animal that, because of some deformity, can't eat well, can't drink, don't breathe well, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So they then will go under the knife for plastic surgery. That's when we do plastic surgery in our pets, that is the problem. It's because it's all about function. So here are some examples, the common ones, there's many ones that I do. there's a the condition. In dogs, that uh, many breeds, we see it in Rotties, we see it in Sharpays, uh, uh, Chow Chows, that it's called Entropion. The eyelids are rolling inward because they're just large and, and heavy, the lids themselves. They roll inward, and the hair on the very edge or the eyelashes on the upper lid are rubbing against the eyeballs, the corneas. And causing a lot of pain and irritation. And so much so that they're squinting. They can't open their eyes. You get discharged. They are miserable. So we do an entropion repair where we evert the lids, bring the hair portion out on top and bottom, top or bottom. Sometimes actually also on the sides to eliminate that pain and distress and to correct their vision, of course, because now they can see. But it, it really takes care of the severity of the pain that they experience because of entropion. Another thing we commonly see is the nares. Now I, I have Frenchies. I, I see a lot of Frenchies and they have something called stenotic nares. It is the canine version of a nose job. So they have their nose that are so pulled together. They can barely breathe. You hear the they're snorting. You see the difficulty and there's a procedure. Uh, it used to be done surgically with, with a, a blade or electrosurgery. I do the procedure with laser. It is amazing. And they do so much better post-surgically. So we do is we open up their airways. We open up their nasal passage. And um, it is a great surgery. And again, these dogs do so well. The clients, the pet parents aren't thrilled because now they can sleep, but the dog doesn't snore as much. There's another surgery that often goes with it. It's not a visual plastic surgery, but it is a reconstructive. And that is the elongated soft palate goes at the same time again we can shorten that elongated palate using laser it is just amazing it's a godsend and the dogs do so well next up skin fold pyodermitis these can happen in the head the neck tail base where they have a such thick heavy skin that is sort of accordion it's folded on each other and in those crevices in those creases they get severe infections yeast bacteria and you're continuously working to try to get rid of these Uh, We do this a lot in Sharpays, uh, Bulldogs. Bulldogs also have a very deep tail fold because the crook in their tail, it goes into the skin and then comes out again. And they need a procedure. It's kind of almost like a tail amputation and then recreate a little fold. So it looks like they have a tail, but you you have to remove the tail. And again, these dogs are so much more comfortable after the surgery. So it's all about the function. It's all about how they feel, making them feel better. Um, There's also... You have a vulva that has an eversion of the vulva, and they're getting continually urinary tract infections. So we have to recreate that. We have to fix that as well. So these are the kinds of things when we talk about plastic surgery for dogs, we're talking about um, problems that they have, developmental anatomical issues that need to be repaired to let them live normally, to let them be comfortable. And, um, and I, again, they feel so much better. Sometimes it's very obvious to some, like a person knows what a nose looks like. They might see the little difference in a nose that had the stenotic nares procedure. The tails, I'm telling you, they do so well after skin folds. I've reduced a lot of skin folds. And what we try to do, just like any plastic surgery, we're going to have to cut away some folds and we leave little creases anyway, because a lot of these dogs have creases. We try to make the suture line fit right down at the back, the bottom of one of those, just a crease. It's not a fold anymore. And so it looks. It looks like it's natural. It looks like it's there. When I had my facial surgery, when my dog bit me when I was five, and I have a huge scar here. And what the doctor did, he kind of molded it where my smile line would be. So it looks like a smile line, and hey, I smile all the time because of it. But um, actually, it's a scar. And if you saw me up close and personal, you would see it starts over here, come down my face, it comes all the way down here, and it looks just like a smile line. So. It's that's the beauty of plastic surgery is trying to do very fine suture lines, uh, not too tight, take the sutures out a little bit early so you don't have the railroad tracks. Again, in dogs, we don't have to worry about that as much because they have hair pretty much everywhere. And so from a cosmetic standpoint, we veterinarians are actually better off than plastic surgeons because we don't have to be as concerned about the scarring after the fact. All we need to be concerned about is how comfortable we help make the dog. So when you hear... About a dog having had plastic surgery. Don't chuckle. Don't laugh. Don't ridicule the owner. What are you joking? Spending your money on, on aesthetics? It's not about the aesthetics. It's about the function. And these dogs that have it do so much better afterwards. Great for them. They feel great. And, um, you know, what I like about it is that, you know, it, it's, it's almost like instant results. As soon as the, the incisions heal, the dogs already feel so much better. And so from a, a one who whose oath, whose goal is to help pets and help them feel better, it really is so satisfying. And I, I think that's why I love doing it. So anyway, if you have any questions, anything you'd like to talk about, many ways to get a hold of me. So first of all, Dr. Jeff at petliferadio.com you can reach me anytime. I get all my emails, DR Jeff at petliferadio.com. If you have a pet medical question, certainly again you can go to Dr. Jeff at Pet Life Radio. You can also log on or download Airvet—that's my telemedicine app. If you want to put me down for now as your primary, when it asks for your primary hospital, Jeff's telehospital, and then put down Dr. Werber, and you can have instant access to me as well. Or if you were a doctor, if your hospital that you go to is already an Airvet hospital, I'll obviously put them down and your doctor or a doctor there's always be someone available 24 seven to talk to you. And that's the beauty of air Also, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you name it, got them all and watch my videos. And, um, some of these things are, well, are things that I talk about here in the show. I want to make sure everybody is privy to the things that I like to talk about that can only help you and your pets. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks to uh, Mark over at pet life radio, and we will see you all here next week. Uh, have a good week. If you're in Southern California, stay dry. We have a week of rain coming. Ask me how thrilled I am. Anyway, we'll see you next week. Bye.
1: Let's talk pets every week on demand only on
0: PetLifeRadio.com.